0: Hello and welcome to the Casually Hardcore Podcast. My name is Brian, and I want to give you guys a little heads up on an editor's note. This podcast does include profanity. We've decided to leave it in because, in context, it would throw things off. However, we do hope that you end up enjoying the show. If you have little ones present, you might want to make sure that you listen to this and enjoy this at a later time. Thank you very much and enjoy the podcast.
1: Uh, That's not useful. That's not interesting. Um uh, that's not my style. I don't know. Like, it's cool for other people to do it, don't get me wrong, but personally There are certain games where the community is strong enough and the game itself is in a certain place where you owe it sort of like the respect to do that uh and i feel like warframe was one that i did that and i mean i only put like 70 hours into that game when i first reviewed it but um that's still a fairly big chunk of time and Mm -hmm. uh and i feel like and i and i connected with the community and i really put in that that effort to do that and i think that review really landed well for that reason um i do feel as though engaging communities is super important right I've certainly seen some reviews of a game like Final Fantasy where I look at the review and I'm like, there is no way you spoke to the community because if you did speak to the community, there's no way you would say these things. You know, I feel as though when you're taking on these larger projects to like review something that's already there, if you just review it in isolation, it's very foolish. (laughs) yeah yeah it's fine actually i find it's okay so long as you don't do it at the very front
2: of the You're video Austria.
1: yeah that's true actually the, the, the whole <laughs> algorithm is different for us <laughs> they're, they're like what there's no swearing in this video that's so weird deleted it must be
0: fake you know? yeah this is not posted they're using by a vpn <laughs> <laughs> yeah hi everybody welcome to the casually hardcore podcast Episode 38. Joining me this week, we're very happy to welcome Skill Up to the program. Thank you, Skillup, Up, for making the time uh, to come talk to us today about video game reviews and Final Fantasy XIV. If you guys aren't following Skill Up, be sure to check the links below. Uh, go follow him on YouTube, follow him on Twitch. I have to say, I'm going to you know kind of praise you just for a second, and then I want you uh, to kind of take over and introduce yourself. For those who might not have heard of you, uh, I think Skill Up has uh, fundamentally reshaped what it means to do video game reviews. Uh, I, I, we don't always agree. And I think that's one of the beautiful things about gaming and gaming culture, but you make it so that I understand where you come from. Uh, I can understand how you came to the conclusions that you came to. And you, I don't know, like what first question right out of the gate, like, how did you stumble into that format? Because it, it feels so right at the same time. Like why, you know, like, why isn't that the way it is?
1: um well uh, that's a huge question so first of all hello everyone (laughs) (laughs) and uh like thanks for having me on i really appreciate it i've been watching you guys for a while actually uh during the whole final fantasy journey and stumbled upon you guys and yeah really appreciate your content always found it really um you know informative and clearly laid out and and you sort of mix in a good amount of opinion there as well which means i kind of like learn about what's going on in the game but also like learn about how it's being received by the community and that sort of stuff so Um, yeah really great resource and just want to say thanks for all your videos so um but yeah look as for me uh look i don't know i just feel like um in terms of reviews i think i how would i say it i I didn't really even plan on doing reviews when i started youtube it kind of just became a thing where i'm like all right um i think i have more stuff to say about video games that i'm not currently saying because i was only talking about the division uh, but I really hated how mechanical reviews were as I as I saw them, um, you know, and I think they still are today in large part, which is like, you know, we're going to talk through the graphics and we're going to mm-hmm. talk through the sound and whatever else. And I'm not saying that reviews that do that are bad. Don't get me wrong, because there are lots of creators that I really respect that do exactly that. And I think that plays an important function. But for me personally, it just never made sense. And the most important article that I've ever read about video game criticism was an article called, If um, Movies Were Reviewed Like Video Games. And it basically is this parody article that kind of lists like, you know, the actors can be clearly heard at all times. The sound of the explosion sound real, you know? Uh, it, it's a very sort of like mechanical review of a film without actually discussing the film. And I feel like a lot of video game reviews tend to do that where they're like, here's all this extra stuff uh, that we just need to like talk about to fill airspace but we haven't really got into like the crux of what it, you know, what this video, what this video game's about, you know, and, and sort of like imparting a, a, a part of that feeling to the audience as they watch the review, you know, I want them to experience part of the video game as they watch the review. That's the intent. And I think um, that's sort of what I go into to do when I try and review. So that was the foundation of my
0: approach. Um, and
1: yeah, I think it's been okay so far.
0: I I definitely agree. Now, uh, before we kind of do the rest of our little intro piece here, we're going to just kind of have it be a little bit more conversational than it is a function here. Who do you, like from a review perspective, who do you go to for your video game reviews? Like plug whoever you want because I'm just curious. Because I go to you.
1: <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. So, no, I definitely watch a guy called... Uh, well, obviously, most people would know ACG. Um, I watch him very regularly. Um, he is, I think, you know, one of the best, if not the best, independent game reviewers out there. And I say that knowing that he is exactly what I just described in terms of that very mechanical approach to reviews. But he's so thorough and, like, you know, and there's just such a sense of due diligence that goes into what he does that i really appreciate everything he puts out you know it's a very very quality product so i definitely recommend him i think the best video game reviewer working right now is actually donkey um i think if anyone watches any of donkey's stuff you know exactly what donkey thinks about it uh you know exactly what that game is about uh you are left with a sense of the experience because he shows you its most sort of like special poignant funny ridiculous over the top moments uh, in six minutes, he sums up a game better than I could do in like 60 minutes, you know? So I think that he is really, really um, just fantastic in that regard and so underappreciated. Um, I would say that I really like Jim Sterling's commentary. His reviews, I would say, I don't necessarily think he's a great reviewer per se because he really does a lot of impressions. And I really just like his impressions because... I just like jim's thoughts i just think jim thinks interesting things and he just says them and i'm like that's interesting you know so while i don't agree with all of it it's just interesting to watch him do his thing you know so i really like that um i really like angry joe i really feel like angry joe and i just always agree on things like i just feel like we have the same perspective and he explains it in a different way he's got his own style or whatever but i think when joe suits up and does a full-on angry joe review it's 99% of the time, you know, on point. That's exactly what I agree with. So I think as a, you know, video game commentator and reviewer, I think he's really awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, look, then there's guys like racevic I'm not sure if you know racevic If you haven't, go and check him out. Uh, he is so good. He does, I guess you could call them reviews, but they're more documentaries where he'll spend an hour doing like you know mass effect 10 years later kind of thing which becomes a review of the game obviously because he's really breaking it down but it's got this um tremendous production value and uh scripting and insight and it's just a great watch so it's like ray r-a-y-c-e-v-i-c-k um he's probably my favorite in terms of like that that sort of content you know um and yeah i'd say they're probably the ones that i look to the most whenever they put up anything i just immediately click and i'm like cool i'm gonna get a good experience out of this
0: yeah well, that's that's fantastic there's a couple that i hadn't heard of obviously i've uh i've heard of angry joe and several so yeah. i'll sure and include the links for anybody who's interested yep. uh to these guys channels that he recommends so you guys can check them out as well now as far as this podcast this is a conversational podcast we're gonna be focusing in on Final Fantasy 14 for this episode because obviously we've all played it and I you know I'm assuming you're gonna put out a review but no pressure I have no I have no envy to you sir at all um so beyond that uh you can find the podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, everywhere podcasts are found be sure to give us a rating apparently that's something that is good so we haven't been asking people to do that but we'll do it today uh if you missed our last episode we had spofion on talking about final fantasy 14 patch 5.1 and when it is okay and when's a good time to take uh breaks uh next week we're actually going to be welcoming as from heel versus Babyface back on to do a wow classic focus show uh as that seems to be a hot topic right today now we do want to thank our partners with exit lag and shadow pc links are in the description below if you guys want to check them out for a, a reduction in lag gaming and or shadow cloud gaming which is something i've been moved to pretty much 100 percent of my time being here in texas it's been a dream it's not ready for the world but if you live near a data center you, it is cloud gaming dude it's for me it's legit i've been playing on my laptop downstairs gears 5 literally my laptop is cold battery lives forever because it's not processing the game running the game. Like it, it, you know, it's incredible, but obviously it's the technology, especially over the United States, it's got a long way to go. And it's, it's something so by, interesting.
1: What's by up? I Australia, man. I oh, I wonder we've, uh, hope I, I hope I'm, I hope I'm alive when the, when the technology is good enough in, the internet <laughs> is good enough in Australia to be able to utilize that technology. that will be great.
0: Now for 14, uh, for, you know, forgive me if you don't know this individual, but have you met or uh, talked with Ethis Asher? at all another fellow australian 14 player uh, we've never
1: actually spoken i mean we've done like tweets back and forth mm-hmm. and i've rated his stream a couple of times but we've never actually properly spoken so yeah he, i actually don't know where he lives but i think i'm going to meet up with him at pax this year in australia so yeah well, I,
0: I hope you do because he's also kind of referenced that you know obviously the internet the lag you know the 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 latency with especially with 14 yeah. maybe we get some love in you know the australia for with the data center or sir, who knows but uh, he talked about like, yeah, you don't play Ninja because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> from a latency perspective, Ninja is not the way to go if you're Australian. Uh, and so, yeah, I always just think it's interesting because I've seen y'all tweet back and forth. that I was like, oh, man, like, yeah, that, that's a common complaint I've I've heard. And obviously, yeah, it's I, use a,
1: I use a ping reduction thing. Like I literally pay $10 a month for a service that will reduce my ping somewhat. But it is noticeable. Like when I don't play with it. I can't then do any double weaves on my dragoon, but when I do play with it, then I can just squeeze in a double weave, even though I'm like clipping my GCD a little bit. But yeah, like it's it's a thing. The internet here definitely affects playstyle for sure. For sure.
2: (laughs) So we got us going, Chris. That seems hard. Uh, Heal Me Harry's another Australian creator. He just moved to, he's been living in Europe for a while now. And uh, I I think he's really enjoyed his ping being higher on most games, but then he's Mm -hmm. continued to play 14 on the same servers. So like somehow found a way to have the same ping issue because now he's just too far the other way. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: (laughs) So I'd be remiss because a lot of people, when we were saying that you're coming on, they're like, okay, you got to have, you got to ask, Uh, You got to ask Ralph about this. You got to ask him about this. And he says, so I got a couple of community questions before we kind of dive into our big topic here. Why do you hate (laughs) Lise?
1: is the worst character, man. Like she's just the worst. I don't understand how she's so bad. Like I can't understand the anatomy of her badness. Like As I look back at my experience with Stormblood, I'm like, why did I hate Lise so much? But every time she spoke, I was like, that was so unnecessary. Every time she added anything to the conversation, it was like, no, you didn't need to say that. We already know. We don't care, whatever else. So then it just became a meme. I think it kind of took on a life. I story.
0: always think also, I think when I heard, I think of the clenched fist meme. There's a lot of my memory of, of Stormblood of like, oh, you know, she's frustrated. and you get." you a- Oh yeah,
1: yeah, sure, sure, sure. <laughs> I think she had like two good moments in the whole like 70 hour experience where I was like, yeah, go lease. And the rest of it, I was just like, no, lease, please stop. Just, just no. Let other people do the thing. You know, mm. I feel bad. I feel bad. Obviously, I was definitely, definitely some. There are definitely some lease stands in the chat, and so they were definitely not not huge fans of me by the end of the Stormblood experience. So that's funny.
2: So, is is your stole the best waifu? Mm.
1: I feel yes, to be honest. I was a big fan of Minfilia in um in Realm Reborn, which I know is a very unpopular opinion. People are like, why? And I was like. I don't really know why, to be honest. It just works for me, right? And then Yishtola went through a whole like jazz up experience and I'm like, all right, I see it now. I see it. Because Yishtola at the beginning, I was like, why is everyone talking about Yishtola? Why is everyone calling Yishtola Best Wife? It makes no sense to me. But now having played Shadowbringers, I'm like,
0: it makes sense to me. Definitely yeah. makes sense. As a legacy player in the room right here, uh, <laughs> I feel you went under a massive change from 1.0 to 2.0. If you ever go see screenshots, like they made her very well endowed. Uh, as a part of 2.0, and it was like legitimately like, like, yeah. wait a minute, like, okay, so I know a lot oh, of, man, a lot of, oh, it's like, yeah, Google it, because it's like, okay. it's, it's like, <laughs> not at work, though,
2: not at work. In, incognito. Yeah, 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 yeah incognito, incognito, right. incognito, for sure.
0: I know yeah, we could totally derail the uh, the whole podcast off of that alone, but it was just like, all right, Square, like, okay, um, moving on. Yeah, sure, <laughs> Why do you sure. hit Gabu?
1: He's such a gross little rodent. He was so gross. <laughs> Every time okay. he was on screen, it was like this twitching little rat thing. that's <laughs> just like gross. I don't understand why everyone liked him so much. I was like, yuck, just get him off the screen. I didn't want anyone my characters to touch him. I didn't want anyone to go near him. He was gross, okay? So it's weird. No, just
0: boo bad. So this awesome. is gonna be uh, the challenge question. Um, and, and again, like <laughs> you don't have to, it's you could quiet. totally change your mind on this one um rank your rank the expansions uh from greatest to least and this is going to be a room-wide question because this is those the first three were kind of for you but skill up like you've played all four like, of, of it when i think of expansions because i in my mind from from 1.0 i i think of 2.0 as kind of the continuation sure rank r- without ranking 1.0 <laughs> yeah what what do you think what's the from from greatest to least do you want me to go first yes please oh yeah sure um so, I would
1: say, I I think Shadowbringers was genius from a writing perspective. Uh, I mean, it's just, it's, it was incredible. Some of the stuff, that just the themes and how well they were executed was just brilliant, you know, the entire way through. I also think just the spectacle of it, um, of, you know, like your trials and your, you know, like your dungeons and what have you. Um, um, I just the music was insane all of it like all of it is I think objectively you would look at Shadowbringers and say it is the best expansion however I feel as though Heavensward was where I kind of like fell in love with Final Fantasy you know and it was kind of like all right now I get it and I just loved the the Dragon Song War story you know even though I think the Shadowbringers story is better written I think that expansion is better structured the way it all comes together the way it all just it just fits so beautifully and the environment everything is objectively better i just think that sort of high gothic fantasy of the dragon song war with those characters you know like you know Estonine and beimerick and nidhogg and all that like i just love that i just it's my favorite it is my favorite so while i would say shadowbringers is better I would say that like Heavenswood definitely holds more a place in my heart personally. And then Stormblood. <laughs> like, Stormblood is like way down there. Like there's like chatteringers and Heavenswood and then there's like way off screen. Then there's
0: Stormblood. So, <laughs> which is so, a very we're, unpopular we're, opinion. No, it's not, it, not, not you're among friends right here. <laughs> um, I do, I do appreciate that there are people who really appreciate, you know, Stormblood, but yeah. Yeah. Um, what about ARR? So would you say ARR is better than Stormblood?
1: no i think stormblood is better i think certainly stormblood had some really great trials and some beautiful dungeons the locations the underwater stuff i thought was fantastic um yeah like it had some really great like a realm reborn really sucks let's be real like i'm just just putting out there like uh um uh, yeah it was such a a painful experience you know i mean there were there were moments where i was like this is cool like the first time you fight titan or ifrit Uh, The the trials essentially, and then the last cutscene with Raban, and that's it. I mean, like the rest of it was just a lot of pain. And um, I really hope that they're able to restructure the game massively because I feel like a Realm Reborn is just shooting that game in the foot big time. If people could get straight into Heavenswood, I think it would just unlock so much of the potential of final fantasy 14 for yeah. people who have no chance of getting through 120 hours of what a realm reborn is because i really believe it is not good so yeah chris uh, but, but, i mean like no, the mmo itself is good like the mmo components like the classes and stuff but even then like the classes do not reveal themselves to you uh, in a realm reborn like i mean yeah, the way that i'm playing dragoon now is so completely different like when i get mm-hmm. scaled down when i'm doing like cues and stuff now and i go back to like a level 50 dragoon i'm like oh yeah okay this and then i go back to like a level 30 dragoon i'm like holy shit, this is boring you know <laughs> right. but now i'm playing dragoon at level 80 i'm like this fucking excuse me my like <laughs> this is amazing I'll you know so. i love this shit like when you perfectly execute your combo and you just just oh it feels amazing you know so uh the mmo foundations the game itself good but a realm reborn as an experience—I don't think—not good. Not
2: good. Chris, how about you? Uh, so I think I think Shadowbringers has done a lot. Uh, it's a total game changer. And while I I agree that a, a skip potion to Heaven's World would be a good step in that direction, if you're just giving them out and saying, "Hey, with New Game Plus, you can go back and play it whenever you want," I would say just skip people straight into Shadowbringers. Give them like some Hall of the Novice entry to the game, and then just drop them in. Uh, it The zones are incredible. The the class balance feels good. I, it'll never be perfect. So I know there's a handful of people out there who play a class that's could be better right now. And <laughs> Summer. <laughs> it, will, it will always be somebody. It will always <laughs> be somebody. So I, I'm in general really happy with the game. It's making me want to play parts of the game that maybe I ignored leading up until now. And I think a lot of that comes out of like Word was my second favorite. Heavensward was one I really started dumping a silly amount of time into this game, and I started really looking forward to playing a lot. Stormblood, Brian, if you hadn't been subscribed and we hadn't had a channel that supported us and had a community (laughs) that gave me things to be passionate about and asked questions that made me go, huh, I wonder. I think if I'd just been alone in my room with Stormblood, There were a lot of good games that came out in that two-year period that I could have shifted my focus to. Uh, I would probably put ARR above Stormblood, not as current content, but at content for that time. Um, When I joined ARR at that time, that's what I expected from MMOs. They were very grindy. um, And I was playing with friends. We played literally like four hours on the same night every week. And then I played all the time there were people to voice chat with throughout the week. So just for me, it was a really like wonderful part of my life it was just a great two year just like when i look back on like vanilla whether or not people are enjoying classic that aside i'd always said like vanilla and the burning crusade were really pivotal points in like my gaming time just as a person and as i guess like a gaming career or whatever you'd call it um so i think ar was that to me i don't know that it's aged well at all and like <laughs> it has not, it has not. <laughs> skip it um yeah. so I, I definitely feel for people and i don't think that you can go back and have the experience i had because that's not what games are anymore i mean it's, it's yeah. been long enough and they've learned enough um that it's time to move on so i would probably put stormblood last honestly for me if i'm rating each of them during the time when they were current now if yeah. i have to be level synced into something i would way rather be level synced into stormblood content than arr
1: i feel that that is so interesting looking at the classic wow classic success story right now and how great it is because i've dabbled in a bit of wow classic the last few weeks as well i'm literally like level five or something so almost nothing yeah
0: here. we're in and the I, oh, same we're we're in the out. same space yeah yeah we're in the same space i'm not a, i have no nostalgia for wow my my bay was final Fantasy 11 right okay you know so it's like and then uh and i, and I was like Obviously, that's not going to work today. But um, where I go in and start playing Classic, I'm like, I'm blown away, but I cut you off, Skill. Go ahead.
1: That's fine. Um, No, I was purely going to say, yeah, because I was a beta WoW player. I mean, I played WoW for like 14 years, super hardcore progression raider. That was my life. And going back to Classic, it still holds a lot of charm and it's aged perfectly because I feel like, and in contrast to something like A Realm Reborn, because A Realm Reborn is very much like, it's their story, you know, it's 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 Square's story that you're playing and uh, you are just sort of along for the ride, you know, and you are the hero at the center of it, don't get me wrong, but there's no agency at all and you can't really do it with friends and there aren't moments that you can kind of create for yourself like, oh, I didn't expect that to happen in terms of like, you create something. You, there's tons of story stuff that's super surprising but it's like, it's all just the story that Square gives you and I think the thing about WoW Classic is that it's its own sort of like organic story-making machine where you can have unexpected experiences at any point in your journey. Grouping up with people, doing random quests together, pulling a group of mobs that you didn't expect would, would KO you. You thought you'd be okay, but you weren't. You get a random BOE drop. You go and do some like open world PVP in Hillsbrad Brad for a while, all that sort of stuff. And I think that's why, you know, WoW Classic has aged so well. It's because you still can make those stories happen so organically and i feel as though that's why a realm reborn doesn't age because um it's a i think it's a boring story that's being told you know versus like heavensward ages beautifully because it's still an incredible story an incredible world with music and what have you but i think a realm reborn story is fundamentally just not that interesting and so to have to sit through it for 120 hours
2: is kind of like Ugh, i don't know about this Do you know what i mean so yeah. i think that's an interesting I, contrast I, that I, I see between the two i hadn't thought about that um i don't have any of my ARR items in my inventory that I know of? If they are, they're there by accident. But I can tell you that my retail character still has the first blue that ever dropped for me, like yeah, a two or totally. blue. I have my Twig of the World tree. It was the first ever blue item. I used it from whatever level range that is. I don't even think it's level sixty. And like I, I just and it, it just meant so much. And like as tight as inventory space was until. Mm-hmm honestly like wrath i felt inventory yeah. was always tight i never got rid of that blue and i never had that attachment to something that was like uniquely my experience like For nobody sure. else is like oh i have my twig of the world tree too like that's a, that's a weird thing that's uniquely me um, and that is something that's a really interesting thing to key in on yeah
1: i mean like i could name dozens of items from wow i can't really name any items from final fantasy Um, And that's not necessarily inherently a bad thing. Like they've got different focuses for sure. But uh, my point with this is that they're very, very different games that I think are today equally successful. Um, Classic WoW and Shadowbringers, as I think of the sort of contemporary elements, I think BFA is a whole other separate discussion. Mm -hmm. Um, But they're both successful for doing something very, very different. And I think it is about sort of like Shadowbringers tells you this incredible story that you're a part of on top of a very, very functional MMO but I think something like WoW Classic sort of allows you to create a lot of your own stories quite organically on top of a pretty functional MMO. You know, obviously there's some pretty broken shit in there because
0: it's classic, but like mm-hmm. that's part of the challenge, you know? Yeah. So like there's, uh, my, my thesis about it is that I say, or at least the hypothesis is that WoW Classic right now is challenging how we read data, you know, because obviously the classic quote, you think you do, but you don't. You know, that that, that, that is essentially what is on on the on the table you know are they correct is the data and how they've interpreted it correct or is there really a market and a hunger for something like well classic and fun you know foundationally it's going to be I, i think six months and then we'll know and then it will be whether if people are still playing if it's still found you know functional that's just how i see it because I mean data is everywhere like it's it is the new oil it is there's so much of it that we give away and 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 algorithms interpolate it and produce like oh this is what people like this is what is fun and that's where i think the biggest critique about bfa has come in is that they see people like well everybody's playing it for this this amount of time you got this much watch time on your video obviously you're having (laughs) like how they're trying to interpolate fun and it feels like that it's that, you know, have they lost their way? And that's going to be the question. And so for me, as somebody who's, uh, who's just dabbling in, in it and having a good time every time I play, because mm. like like you said, yeah, like I'm kind of creating my own story. Um, yep. And there's also the world that's that's going on. And then every there's, I'm, I'm excited that people are excited. And I really hope that they stick with it because I hope that it sends a pretty loud message as about what it means to be an MMO. Uh, you know, and that's where I see, like, I don't know if it's going to change the future, but I think that a lot of, there's a lot of hope that people think that there was a mistake that was made at some point and BFA wasn't the problem. The problem was, you know, for maybe expansions prior, but it was just building up, building up and the sunken costs that people have, like even with Fortnite, like the sunken, you know, like, Oh, I'm already invested in this. I can't leave it just yet. Eventually yep. caught up, uh, caught up to them, and all of a sudden they're they're shocked. Why are so many people yeah. leaving this game?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I think Final Fantasy 14 has certainly illuminated for me many of the reasons why I think classic is attractive. Because I think if you look at just the complexity of class design as one thing, you know, like I'm still learning dragoon. Do you know what I mean? To this day, I, I've not perfected my rotation. I know what I should be doing every time, but I'm getting it wrong more often than not uh and that's just one class you know and then there are all the others and then there's every encounter i need to know exactly how i alter my cooldown timers on each encounter and how to dance properly in innocence which by the way i gotta hate that fight and uh you know all that sort of complexity exists and then there's crafting like holy shit like it's so so complex i've just started dabbling in crafting and that's just the very beginning it gets way more complex later on you know It's, it's a game that doesn't shy away from that complexity and i think wow currently as in like bfa Completely shies away from complexity, stupidly so. Playing my shaman on live, wow, now is a joke. Like it's a four button class, you know? And I mean, it's an 80% of the time it's one button. And, you know, they've just stripped so much out of each of the classes and so much out of the professions and just so much out of the game that you're kind of like, ugh, there's just, there's nothing here to really grab onto, you know? So I think that what is great about Classic is that it has a lot of complexity in terms of how to play a class properly but at the same time it's like you know it's still accessible it still works it's not overwhelming and they also don't pile all this require this grind requirement on you which i think is actually the reason that wow sucks so much right now and again one of the reasons that i love final fantasy so much you know yoshi's statement like he doesn't want final fantasy to be a game you have to play every day um he wants it to be something you can just enjoy and dabble in whenever you like and still make progress bfa everyone thinks that like bfa is really casual because like it's it's simple you know, bfa is not ca- uh, bfa is not casual at all like it's extremely hardcore because if you want to play it and get the most out of it you need to dump so many hours into leveling up all of your shit and that's just for one character if you have an alt you need to do everything all over again like the gr- you're just constantly on this like treadmill of grind in wow in wow at the moment and it's it's just overwhelming and it's boring because most of it's daily quests you know and i think Again, Final Fantasy doesn't do any of that shit and it works so beautifully. And that's one of the things that I love most about it. So I really feel as though Classic Whale WoW, and Final Fantasy, the success of both of those games, I hope, really um, shows Blizzard how off course they've gone with BFA and helps them sort of be like, okay, we need to really, you know, re steer the ship
0: here because it's definitely not working. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. Chris, it looks like you have a thought before I jump into my ranking.
2: <laughs> I, I agree with. 99% of that. The one thing I don't agree with is that classics not grindy. I think there's just an inherent difference. They've made the grind fun, and that comes from there's an interview they put out where they put some of the original devs in the room playing wow, which hmm. Very interesting. Um not I don't feel that they like we got the whole side of the story, so I had a lot of questions at the end. But one of the things that I thought was interesting is that they thought the World of Warcraft's most important character was the world itself. You're experiencing this huge open space that when you run from one place to another, there isn't any quick way to get there. I mean, even once you get flight paths unlocked, they take forever. And so there's Hmm. just this immersion and this experience that kind of drives you through. And so I do think it's grindy. I just think that the word grindy has has, has grown and evolved to mean this chore that you have to do to get to the fun. And theirs is like, it's a huge grind, but the payoff isn't just locked at the end and you're putting Mm -hmm. in your chores. The payoff is like, oh, come out and do this task with me. And the task itself is also very fun. You, You have people who are level 20 and they're like, yeah, I'm having all this fun you're not even close to cap, you're not, and and 20 is a third of 60, but you are not even close to a third of the way there. You're maybe 10% of the way there, but you're having fun anyway. Um, And there's these moments that get created along the way, which you were talking about with like, where I was was killing stuff on stream, pulling these centaurs one at a time because they were wrecking me. I could barely pull two, but I only wanted to pull one in case a second came. And three spawned behind me, on top of me, all swung their ax, instant dead. Now I have to run back from a graveyard like eternally far yeah that's just a huge waste of time yep but somehow I'm not upset and yep. so I think what's unique is that it is a grind I just out of all of yeah. that like I.
1: no I know you mean and I well, sorry I should probably rephrase it definitely is a grind to level up don't get me wrong but I'm actually talking more about the end game because when you get to okay. end game wow it's actually not as grindy because it's kind of like you do MC you might want to farm a bit for some professions or whatever That's about it. You know what I mean? Like until some other content comes along versus with, with, with wow today, you need to do your raids each week. You need to also do daily quests every single day to like max up your, you know, heart of Azeroth. Um, you need to get your mythic plush dungeons done because you need your item um you know if you want it that's just for getting professions as well if you want to get into that and that's all just for one character and if you want to get progress on another character you have to do all of that all over again you know so i feel as though um yeah definitely agree that the grind is there on the level up it's a good 250 hours of just like killing mobs but you're right you're having fun while you're doing it so it feels like less of a grind uh and you know and even then when you get to the end game it's like i just think it's a very different value proposition versus what wow currently is trying to do in bfa
2: so talking of value proposition, how do you, what is the best way to kind of pivot as we pivot here? Um, what is the best way to kind of show that to somebody? What's the best way in a review? Like we, we use these one out of 10 scores or whatever. Sure. That means that if a game is a nine, this other game, if it feels better than that game, it has to be higher than a nine. So how do you avoid yeah. this score creep? How do you, how do you show the objective value in a game when you're comparing games that are so different. I mean, even just classic and Final Fantasy, for example.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that I've really, I I don't know, I I really don't really, I I personally don't worry about a lot of that stuff because a lot of the comment section in my videos would be like, you said this about this game and now you're saying this about that game, you're a hypocrite, you're inconsistent, blah, 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 blah. And I guess, you know, you can't worry about that sort of thing purely because um, every single game is different. Every single game is its own unique experience. It's like games are art. It's like you wouldn't compare painting brushstrokes on one canvas to another and say, well, you know, they're because the brushstrokes are this and that, therefore, you know, it's different. Like every artist uses it differently and the whole the whole experience becomes different when you combine it in different ways and et cetera. So I, I feel like, you know, I mean, your question was like, how do you how do you explain that value proposition relative to something else? I don't really think it's about saying, well, we need to worry about this other thing. I think we just say, well, like, this is what it is. Do you know what I mean? And like you can obviously make comparisons to other stuff. Like I recently did a review of Greedfall and Mm -hmm. I would very often refer back to Bioware games because I'm like, you know, this is a point of reference for the audience. But I didn't say I didn't like Greedfall, Greedfall because it wasn't Dragon Age. I said, I didn't like read for because it was, it was this, this is, these are the reasons I don't like it. You know, I don't think it's, it's worth your time. Um, so yeah, I think that mechanical frameworks for reviews, like scores and processes and all that sort of stuff, like trying to, trying to arrive at the universal formula for, you know, the unified game review theory, it doesn't exist. Do you know what I mean? It's like, all of that stuff is so, I think personally, pointlessly academic and that's one of the reasons I don't score games. Uh, it, it let's just talk about a game and you know what i mean you'll 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 come to your own view about what it is and you share that with someone and as long as you can explain why you've arrived at that point then they can make their own decisions you know and that's why personally i think scores are kind of like i get it i get why they exist i get why they're helpful i certainly wouldn't want to see them removed but they certainly are of no interest to me. You know, I, I just think that that really limits the scale of discussion, the scope of discussion. It really sort of like narrows the audience's mind unnecessarily when I'm trying to make sure that like their minds are as open as possible when I talk about something. Let's talk
0: about streaming for a second, though, because essentially that so, is well, something... Uh, let's talk about the, con- the concept of streaming as it relates mm-hmm. to reviews, though, because essentially the review, a lot of people are looking something out of it and one of the things you brought up which i find very like humorous because i i see it i i did a first impressions of gears 5 and one of the comments you know is like how much did microsoft pay me to speak sure. about this game positively and i'm like i would cash that check uh <laughs> phil spencer just needs to bring final fantasy 14 to the xbox i'll call it even um, sure. but it's like i'm sitting here like people were going a out of their way to try and discount an opinion, which I think is, I just think is hilarious. And -hmm. I don't express that to the, the commenter, but in my mind, I, I, I read that and I audibly like, just like almost fall out of my chair because (laughs) it's an opinion. Uh, You know, it's like, like you said, like a a work of art, like, it's like, okay, so I don't understand the, the need to discount and, and to find any which way like to do that mm. so essentially to that like where you're saying like oh you said this here and here you're a hypocrite it's like it looks like they're just trying to find a way to to not agree with what you're saying and then i'm wondering like okay well why are you here but yeah beyond that
1: think, go ahead yeah sorry just to, sorry to interrupt yeah, you but please. i just think it when it comes to youtube and certainly because i've been doing youtube for four years now and i think at the beginning i was very much like i need to make sure that um you know my arguments are watertight and i need to make sure that uh you know, that I I prove I'm right. I need to prove I'm right, you know? And I think now I'm very much just like, I just need to prove why I think what I think. And uh, a lot of the audience is not going to be capable of grasping that as a concept. And they're going to say, you're wrong because of X, Y, Z or whatever else. And they're going to attack you. That's fine. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, as I said, you go and read my Greedfall review. It's nothing but people just being like, you're a contrarian for the sake of it. This is ridiculous. Did you even play the game? Like the entire thing, it's a lot of abuse in there because I was like, look, this is a pretty good game, but I just don't think it's that good overall. I wouldn't recommend it to you. Um, Back in the day, I think that would have really gotten to me because I'd obviously think, oh, I've really fucked up now and I've done the wrong thing. But now I'm just like, yeah, cool. That's okay. That's all right. A lot of those people aren't, really going to ever be able to buy into the way that i'm talking about this thing uh it's not my job to sort of speak to them it's my job to speak to the 85 percent of people that do get it and that are, are on board for that journey and are interested in hearing different opinions because i think generally speaking if you worry yourself with the 15 percent of people who are aggressive towards you or whatever mm-hmm. else uh then you're just wasting your time you're not really doing anything it's the same with game devs when they kind of like yell at the the five percent of the community that are toxic it really just makes them look like they're, they're tarring the other 95%. So I personally try and focus on the, like, you know, the, the 85%, I think the 90%, 95, hopefully who are on board and uh, the other ones, I think you just, you just got to ignore and move on. You know what I
0: mean? Yeah. I, I hear what you're saying. I always mm-hmm. like, I always have a curious and inquis- you know, inquisitive nature in the regards of, I always want to understand, you know, like, was it that you b- believed that this game would be great or you're hoping this game is going to be great, you know, or that you, and if it's that you feel this game is going to be great, like that's where I would, I, I want to, I always try to see if I can't change that kind of that narrative to say like, what did you like about the game? You know, in yeah. that regards. And, and sometimes and my wife, you know, she's like, Brian, you're fighting a, uh. You're fighting a losing yeah. battle and i'm like totally. that's the hill I'm, I'm i i I would happily if ever if ever history remembers me happy to die yeah. on that it's like you know yeah. what he tried
1: <laughs> I saying, I, that's the thing and i think I, back in the day i did try before i realized that the most important thing for you to do is to just put your own view out there as honestly as possible so long as you've played the game mm-hmm. and you really believe what you think and you're fair and in and, and and sort of like you know you're fair in what you say, then I think that's it. You know, and if anyone wants to come at you and be like, you know, you've lost touch, man, you know, you're like, okay, cool. That's fine. You yeah. know, but you focus on the people that I think are really connecting with what you have to say. I think that's the way to grow a community. It's not by like arguing with the trolls it's by sort yeah. of like those
2: that are on board. Do you have a secret way that keeps that kind of compass on point that keeps you objective that keeps you from, you know, losing, I mean, you have you have huge projects that you take on so like if you were to get dissuaded if you were to get like just burned out and you just disappear yeah. into a hole yeah we would never see a review on something because it already takes you so long so like what yeah. keeps motivation and cool. that object on point
0: you know on the 14 concept 362 hours i believe that's what you said to got, finish. You know, let's see what have i
1: got now i got now i was 362 and i leveled now i've got 441 so <laughs> yeah, it's still going yeah um yeah, look, I feel like there are certain games where you really owe it to the game to um, do that. You know, I think if I was to put out a review of Final Fantasy where I just played a bit of it and, you know, I leveled up a class to level 40 and, you know, whatever else, uh, that's not useful. That's not interesting. Um, uh, that's not my style. I don't know. Like, it's cool for other people to do it. Don't get me wrong. But personally... There are certain games where the community is strong enough and the game itself is in a certain place where you owe it sort of like the respect to do that uh and i feel like warframe was one that i did that and i mean i only put like 70 hours into that game when i first reviewed it but um that's still a fairly big chunk of time and Mm -hmm. uh and i feel like and i and i connected with the community and i really put in that that effort to do that and i think that review really landed well for that reason um i do feel as though engaging communities is super important right I've certainly seen some reviews of a game like Final Fantasy where I look at the review and I'm like there is no way you spoke to the community because if you did speak to the community there's no way you would say these things you know I feel as though when you're taking on these larger projects to like review something that's already there if you just review it in isolation it's very foolish because you can't see all of it you can't understand it but if you take the time to connect with community they show you things you know they teach you things and They help you, um, you know, they they help you connect with stuff. Um, And I feel that that invariably results in a better review. I know some people will say, well, you're just sort of like telling the community what they want to hear. It's like, well, no, I have lots of criticisms of Final Fantasy and Mm -hmm. I'll certainly say those. But I'm going to have so much more stuff to say that I wouldn't have known about had the community not led me there. You know, and I think that's so important.
0: Yeah, the community is an important aspect. I'm going to toss to Chris because you look like you're about to say something. But I do want to uh, take a moment to speak on that. Go ahead, Chris.
2: Oh, I, I just kind of wonder if if the community becomes that identifying trait to a game once it's established, or if there's still something that can ring out as as more important. Like, is the when you when you go into an MMO at this point, is is the content the devs put out the most important thing, or or does that community, does what that game is played as that I would say meta, but not necessarily how they play, but the community as a whole, does that become the identifying trait on whether or not it's going to be a good fit.
1: A good fit for
2: for for anybody if you're recommending a game to me yeah. are you you base that on like the mechanics of the game or does the community actually weigh out more where you're like you know i really like this but I, i'm not sure that that's a community that has the same values that's that's looking for the same experience you are
1: i don't know i've never really judged a game based on its community like i think you can look at games like league or you know overwatch that help rainbow six Siege. like holy shit mm-hmm. anything really competitive And you're like, uh, the community really is not the best, but they're, they're all brilliant games in their own way, you know? So personally, I would never judge a game based on community, but I would certainly take community input into that. And, and I think if it's a strength, it's a strength, like with Warframe, I was able to say, and Destiny, like Destiny, Mm -hmm. for example, when I did my review of Destiny 1, I'm like, this game has a pretty fucking awesome community. If you get on board with this game and you connect with people, you're going to be really surprised by who you meet. They're really great people. It's just got a great vibe to it, you know? And that was definitely true in Destiny 1. It's absolutely true now with Destiny 2, even though the game has gone through hell and back, you know? So I would say that, you know, community is a factor that I would look at and I would mention, you know, I would say, hey, listen, if you're going to play Siege properly, get ready for the chat. You know what I mean? Like you've got to saddle up for that. But I wouldn't say don't play Rainbow Six Siege because of the community, because I feel like everyone is adult enough to, or most people are adult enough to be able to, you know, mute chat if they need to, or if they like to get into Flame Wars, then like it's game of the year for them. Do you know what I mean? Like it's
0: mm-hmm. Yeah. 14's community is a really, uh, it's an interesting, uh, interesting bag, having been a part of it for so long. I, I would describe it as incredibly beautiful, but at the same time, very protective. Uh, sure. you know, and so it's that, um, there was a there's another creator that that we we're not going to bring that whole thing up but it's that you know he leveraged a mild critique having played the game spent the game done a lot of these things and there was a a big amount of backlash you know and it's like and it's a small part and it's the thing i've always kind of told people whenever like you know like because it happened with my wife and it's that my experiences within final fantasy 14 99.9 percent of the time are just some of the best, some of the best people, everybody's trying to help each other out. Um, Really, you know, and this is before I was a content creator. And, and even since then being a content creator, like being able to get together, I feel like I have uh, my, my, the the group of friends that I have has grown. Um, It's those other opportunities (laughs) that that, that go south that, uh, that stand out because it is such a huge contrast. In my opinion, my wife, she took a break for for a month from the game we used to play together before we started, you know, multiplying. And um, and so we were sitting here, and she was running Crystal Tower, and she was on a monk, and a monk piece of gear dropped, and she rolled need, and then somebody who was on black mage, like, just berated her, saying like, "I said I needed that," like, "I was playing, I didn't see his comment," like, because my wife's like, "I would have let him have it," like, "I don't care," yeah. Yeah, and yeah, but yeah, it was yeah. like that moment like it was like they i will never forget that moment yet i have had millions and millions of great you know great runs and no issues but it's like there is that kind of that that contrast that is is kind of shocking and so that's kind of one of the things that when it comes to the game like there is a protectionist uh perspective of it and i don't know how that kind of developed i guess because it wasn't necessarily the biggest mmo for a while and then i believe it is or was i don't know how we rate classic but, uh, you know, it's like there is this sense that like, oh, you know, when we talk about discounting, you know, games like, OK, you're whatever. Like, how much did so and so pay you to not rate that as perfect? Because I view it as perfect. It's like, all right, guys, yeah. like, <laughs> There's
1: like one of those comments in the chat, actually.
0: Yeah, I saw I saw that. The funny <laughs> yeah. thing about that comment, the funny thing about that comment <laughs> is that I love Gears of War. I have loved the yeah. series from the beginning. I am a huge yeah. Gears head and, I, and I'm, I'm like, yep, I can't pull myself away from Gears five right now. So yeah, yeah uh, you know yeah. if <laughs> if you get ejected, I think in general, fantastic. like you know,
1: look, everyone is you know passionate and uh, and and I think as well, certain games obviously they get that status where people begin to internalize them, and I think that's really the critical like inflection point. Mm-hmm. You know, people internalize something like Devil May Cry. People internalize things like you know Bayonetta. They'll they'll internalize an MMO. Uh, you know, and and at that point, it's sort of like, all right, cool. If you start speaking shit about it, then. You know like let's fight you know let's let's have it out you know so that's just a part of i think gaming cultures it's not even just gaming it's like any kind of pop culture you know it's like you know movies and comics and all that sort of shit. like it's just it's just a part of it so um yeah look i, I definitely have seen flashes of that in the final fantasy community i don't think it's any different to as i said a lot of other communities uh it really changes though when certain games certain games don't have it though. For example, WoW doesn't have this thing, right? WoW does not have this kind of defensiveness because I think WoW's had so many people shit on it for so many years. It's part of the narrative, and I think it's actually <laughs> the same with Destiny as well. And it's, and I really feel it's a case of like the Destiny fans know, or they're just so used to people shitting on their game that they're like, oh well, that's just part of it. I just ignore them and I keep playing. Whereas perhaps yeah. with Final Fantasy, you know, or, or certain games where they're sort of more shielded from critique that when people do start to critique it, they get very upset. Like Borderlands right now, I'm sort of very outspoken about the fact that I don't like their review process that they've gone through. I think it's extremely unethical because they're basically giving code to people based upon their coverage. That's something that Giant Bomb was told personally by 2K. And it's that's that's straight up just unethical. And I know that I've been, <clears throat> sorry, <You're> <clears throat> I've been a victim of that sort of stuff myself all the time. I sit on many blacklists, don't get me wrong. I understand how this industry works. I'm not naive about that. But my point is that, like you know, I start saying, "Hey, this sucks," and a lot of the Borderlands fans come at me and they're like, "Rah rah," because rah. again, Borderlands 2 is a game that does not get criticism.
0: Uh, everyone just universally agrees that Borderlands 2 is excellent. Do you it believe b- people have been playing Borderlands 2 for seven years? Because that's one of the comments I yes. got. They're like, people, absolutely, that, nonstop, no never have, taking a break. I have a, dozen, I have uh, a lot of people
1: in my yep a lot of people in my steam friends list who do this yes like to this day well tip of the hat to borderlands 2 i'm like i love it like borderlands
0: is like 2 was always the game for me like hey buds are over all right let's just hop on and let's blow stuff up and have have a good old time like we played a lot of it when it came out but then it became a like a party game for us and so i was like yeah this is great because they're not making content for it you know and it's Mm -hmm. like yeah it is what it is it is you know it's this piece of it's a time piece and that's incredible okay cool that that helps settle this this mystery people are like yeah man like i've played it every day for seven years and i'm like yeah. well tip of the hat cause
1: it's like- yeah 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 no it's, it's definitely a thing oh so gosh. so i think as yeah. i said maybe it's just to do with a game and how often it's being attacked and if it's not used to being attacked very often like final fantasy 14 which you know has just sort of flown under the radar i think it's really only been with Shadowbringers that it's bubbled up into the mainstream yeah and now I think that that community has to deal with other people coming in and being like, your game sucks. And it's like, what? I don't know how to deal with that. Oh my God. You
0: know what I mean? Well, especially with the challenge of ARR, like bringing it like back, you know, full circle in a way, the um, it's interesting. Cause like as, as, a, as a rated, as a rating, like I would say, you know, um, Shadowbringers, uh, you know, Heaven's Word and Heaven's Word was the number one. It was like, gosh, and that's where, when going into Shadowbringer, uh, Stormblood, I was like, okay, like, is this is this it you know it's like it, it feels wrong like it feels off and i can't i can't tell why but we got to sit down with Yoshi P and talk about it and it's really like they're doing their best but the game has a huge amount of technical debt it has a huge amount of technical debt because Yoshi P came in stepped up supported mm-hmm. 1.0 built 2.0 like in 2 years i'm an, yeah. i'm a software engineer i'm like i don't envy what these the blood and sweat and tears and the passion that they put in but when you look at that like you they had no idea heaven's word was going to be a thing they they mm. couldn't you couldn't count on it so they were like we have to get this working we have to do this so essentially you make compromises and they've and Yoshi peace told us that like yeah back in patch 4.4 they went and reworked the whole chocobo companion system and that tells me that they're constantly going in and investing and in, in trying to fix this framework for this jenga tower that they're trying not to knock down uh and it's a you know that's a challenge in and of itself and so like if you know like if they bring the trust people are like are they bringing trust to the previous expansions i think they need to especially arr if they ever do that it should be received as a love letter to the community because the devs have gone in and just poured themselves poured themselves poured themselves into that um because it's just it's not like oh just you've already made it copy paste it it unfortunately doesn't work that way and, and especially with their industry in and of itself and so Um, We do know with patch 5.3, they're talking about condensing kind of ARR and and doing some stuff with that. So that should be next summer. Hopefully that's the thing. It'll be interesting to to see because, you know, Shadowbringers, I'm just, I'm so excited to see what the next, like what's coming with 5.1. But even as we go into 6.0 and doing this all again, and then I think of, oh God, if I was going to tell somebody they need to get in and get through AR at least uh, before they take a break, Just so that they can be ready when 6.0 comes along and then they can be like, great, I'm in heaven's word and just move their happy little self forward. Anyway, yeah. they
1: really need. Can I just say as well as a very side point, but Please. they really need a skip potion that gives you a level fifty class and gets you to Heaven's Wood because having to mm-hmm. buy a skip potion for a level seventy yeah. class yeah. as well as the skip is bad. It's bad. It's bad. Agreed. So I just really hope that Yoshi would do that. Our theory, that right now it's yeah. terrible structure.
2: Our working
0: theory is that once the new game plus is introduced and there, it's. We don't have confirmation it's 5.1, but they've they've said that, that they're targeting patch 5.1. That once that's introduced, then our working theory is that we will see that as a part of the bundle. Um, It just, I agree with you, 100% it needs to happen. Because then it gives people and players the ability to go back and experience it if they want to. Anyway, Chris. Yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah, because what you wouldn't want to do is invite somebody into such a narrative based where they're they're the early expansions very much do feel like a movie series on Netflix that you happen to be holding a controller for sometimes, yeah. and yeah. so like it literally tells you like put your controller down enjoy this cutscene because it's gonna be long, yeah, um, yeah. and so you know what you don't want to do is sell people a skip potion new people who've never played this complete yeah. new, and then they come in they're like I'm here for the story and they're like oh you skipped a bunch yeah. oh well, how do I go back oh yeah you can't and so like you don't want to do that and so i think new game plus would be a good reason to kind of open up the discussion on like okay is it time to start including jump potions with the purchase of the game or including jump potions with purchase of expansion things like that um which we saw world of warcraft do Mm -hmm. yeah
0: Yeah. like oh pre-order or this or that or there's a special like the starter edition doesn't do it but like the full you know edition here you go and it comes with a a jump potion skip yeah that makes a lot of sense yeah, yeah. that's that, that's just how like we have no word if that's what they're going to do, but that's essentially what we're thinking of. Now, I, I wanted I want to ask this because it's like you've often referred to yourself jokingly as "shill up." Um, isn't everyone who expresses an opinion on the internet on somebody's payroll?
1: Certainly, if you look at comment sections, yes, definitely, no doubt about that. Um, no, I mean, look, you know, I think that um, I think that you know, for me personally. It's a criticism I get all the time. Uh, I'm on, as I said, I'm on four blacklists from publishers, publishers that I had good relationships with, but that because I was honest about my coverage, uh, you know, end up ended up on blacklists. Um, so I never really worry about that when people call me that. Like it never even bothers me at all because they, they look at my Gears 5 review and they're like, well, you know, that's it. You, you must have like, you know, got a check from Microsoft. And it's like, well... Actually, Gears 5 is a good game, do you know what I mean? And if it was a shitty game, I'd say that, you know what I mean? I, I've said many times, Sea of Memes, like, I thought that was a shit game, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. State of Decay, whoa, God, that was bad, do you know what I mean? Like, I, I'll, I'll give credit when it's due, and, and obviously, I will say it's shit when it's shit, you know? So, um, yeah, that doesn't ever personally bother me, but I know some people definitely get
0: quite sort of upset about um well, I like that. that you've embraced it, because essentially, I think, one of the things the internet really loves is that when an individual tries to stop something, like oh, sure. like if I if I just like tell the internet, please don't call me Brian, like yeah. then <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, yeah. all hey, over. Brian. Yeah, it's like uh, like <laughs> yeah. come on, you know, it's like so it's like that's always the yeah. funniest thing. It's that when you try to hide something, when you try to like you know, it's just best to embrace the meme and go it sure. and have fun with it. I've I've, I've, I've enjoyed the like yeah oh, like yeah chill up that's so funny. i just think it's such an important part
1: of content creation like anyone out there that is looking to go into content like you really just need to in my view just don't worry about like your haters you know what i mean like you're gonna have them no matter what Mm -hmm. you can be the nicest dude out there you can be so talented like donkey has so many haters for example because he talks shit about jrpgs like jrpg stands fucking hate him you know what i mean they just make it their mission in life to bring him down but like, that's okay. Dunky still does the best content on YouTube. He's still killing it. He's still crushing it every day. Like, he's not going to worry about those people. Jim Sterling to this day still goes out and uh, prods people saying that Breath of the Wild is a shitty game. Like, he'll just throw in a, a random comment just purely because... He gave, you know, Breath of the Wild a 7 out of 10. And Zelda fans just can't deal. They just can't. And so they'll still come to his videos and berate him about that. So he'll keep prodding them. Do you know what I mean? He doesn't care. Dougie doesn't care. I just think anyone that's serious about content creation, you're wasting time. Anytime you think about your haters, your detractors, whatever else. Definitely listen to feedback, I think. You need to, like, hear stuff that comes at you that is useful. Like, certainly with Greedful, some people gave me feedback about, like, hey, man, I don't really think you focused enough on how small the team size is. And, you know, I think that gives important context. And I'm like, you know what? You're absolutely right. I, my for review, I probably should have hit that point harder because it would have given more context to, you know, the, the, the viewer, the audience, about why I feel this game is what it is, you know? Mm-hmm. But other people that are just like, actually, this game is really good and you just don't know a good game when you see it. It's like, that's not helpful, you know? And you can just ignore that kind of comment. Yeah. Certainly, there's a lot of constructive stuff that comes from the comment section. And I do read a lot of it because uh, I can't read all comments, but I read a lot of them and I definitely listen to that useful stuff when it comes through.
2: So if they don't do a skip potion, at yes. some point Final Fantasy would have to end because you would get to the point where the current player base thins out and the ability to get somebody in is not is locked behind like 5,000 hours. <laughs> yeah. Right.
1: Yeah.
2: And, and, and so it's like, okay, well, the answer is no. So it would be time to make another MMO. Okay, so leave Yoshi-P at the helm, whoever you want. I think HP deserves it, but yeah, go ahead. What does Square Enix? What does that? What does that next MMO? What does that sixteen look like?
1: I don't know. That's such an interesting question. Um,
2: Final Fantasy. I mean, it could be. He could do anything. I'm just saying, like, yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, I I don't know. Like, oh man, it's it's a question I really struggle with in any regard because I, I just I'm always so reluctant to try and tell a developer like what they should create if that makes sense do you know what i mean like right. the but maybe phrase it
0: like what do you want like if you know what 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 I, do you want like from a game, i would from say yeah
1: I, I would say i think that their storytelling and this the thing that final fantasy has in terms of storytelling is obviously i think unmatched in the mmo genre i haven't played all mmos sure clearly mm. but you know it's it's a single player experience that rivals, you know, numbered Final Fantasy entries that numbers that rivals, you know, some of the best JRPGs I've ever played. Uh, that some the quality of the writing is up there with some of the best RPGs I've played. The music is up there unquestionably with some of the best games I've ever mm. played. Um, so I feel as though you'd be foolish to let that part of the experience go, right? But I do feel as though coming back to this earlier point that we had about creating your own story. There's not a lot of agency within Final Fantasy 14 to be able to do that. And I don't know what that would look like for them. I don't know how they create that. But I do feel as though other things that push me out into the world that aren't boring ass daily quests, but other things that allow me to create experiences with my friends and create more organic stories. I think that would be interesting, you know, um, pvp comes up a lot because it's something it's a tension point that thrusts players together and you get a lot of stories out of that but i know not everyone likes pvp one of the reasons people love final fantasy 14 i think is because it's very very focused on its pve game so if you were to go down that pvp path it's obviously fraught with danger mm-hmm. but i just feel as though if they could create that sort of more organic sort of experience of like cool i've logged on today i'm gonna do some stuff and make, make, make some, make some memories, right. If I could create more of those independent memories in Final Fantasy, uh, I think that'd be a good, good, good addition to the formula. I, again, yeah. I don't know what form that would take, but that's sort of where I'd look to direct my attention. If I was a designer on that MMO,
0: you know, I often, you know, I'm curious and you know, as I look and see things because one of the things that I struggle with as a gamer is and also like as a software engineer like I study game development I've you know I've dabbled in it uh, I've got friends who work in it uh, the is the I see potential in, in that regards like 1.0 like why did you stick around and play 1.0 and I go oh it was pretty bad it's pretty awful but there was this weird potential there that I was that I was attracted to is that and it and it bit me with anthem you know because it's like yeah anthem's not new people like oh you were promoting i was like i've never recommended it other people like should you get it i go no but uh i don't know like it just feels like maybe there's something there like there is there definitely is and i hope that maybe they turn it around i don't know but that's where it's like i see these, these these sense of potential and the same thing actually happened um with final fantasy 15 where when you looked at the multiplayer aspect like if you take out the insane load times if you take out the always having to go back to town between little missions all yep. of a sudden it started to feel like this kind of has a Diablo-esque Final Fantasy feel like, you know, in Final Fantasy 15's combat system. And Yoshi P himself has expressed, uh, you know, his love that, like, his passion project would be to work on Diablo 4. And it's like, yeah. I, I, I've, I love that about him. I love that he's so, like, open and honest about, like, what he likes and is passionate about. And it's like, I, I wonder, like with seven remake and 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 everybody who's touched it praising the battle system and that it's and that good. has alleviated my concern for that game. I was like, "Great. I'm yeah. wondering it like would they go some Diablo or more actiony game because when you look at the MMOs they have and we don't have one here in the states, but we've got 11 still running, which is a very slow sandbox. You've got 14 very narrative, faster paced. You have Dragon Quest 11, which is a literal turn-based Sorry, yeah. Dragon Quest Ten, Literal turn-based MMO, um, but that's only in Japan. And I'm like, what, what fits into this ecosystem? And one of the mm. things that Chris said to me today about Wild WoW Classic is, is that you get two MMOs for the price of one. And one thing we are seeing right now in the industry, and this will be my final question, and I'd like to get some final thoughts from you before we wrap up the podcast. One of the things we're seeing is we see Game Pass. We see Ubisoft doing these things. We see all of this stuff. There's a, there's a constant thing we see, and I'm sure you do, uh, railing against microtransactions. You talked about it a bit with why is Microsoft doing it within gears? Like, it's a, it's a, it's a system seller. Why are you doing this? Um, gamers, I feel, have pretty much on point. Not, like, completely. Obviously, uh, WoW has done well. 14 has done well with the subscription. But generally, we have rejected a subscription model. Um, um for a game. You can really only have one, you know, ultimately, you know, unless you're insane <laughs> like we are. Um and in that regards, we've seen the rise of loot boxes, microtransactions, all these different ways to try and capitalize and fund continuous game development, which gamers have mm-hmm. sa- have said, you know, that laterally they don't like either. Um I see the solution being what kind of Blizzard's doing, what microsoft's doing what all these companies are doing is that like you're not subscribing to one game you're subscribing to a library and i could see mm. them doing that with with square enix saying like here you go like you just subscribe into our ecosystem and you're mm. a part of it and you can go and you can have a little bit of this today have a little bit of that today uh and enjoy that and i see that actually as being what happens with the with the model going forward and wow classic wow you your retail is is, a, is an example of that thing adding in that value proposition wow. To the player what are your what are your thoughts um regarding um, the state of essentially the subscription uh as, as it exists for wow and 414
1: yeah i i just feel like in life in general we're reaching saturation point with subscriptions and mm-hmm. gaming hasn't even really begun yet like it's we've got some but we certainly don't have them all but like i don't know you look at music for example you've got spotify mm-hmm. okay do you subscribe to spotify most people don't they just get the free option uh, if you did, would you also subscribe to a different one? Probably not. Uh, most people have Netflix and they've got like Amazon Prime or whatever, which gives them Amazon, whatever it's called. Yeah. Would Prime you Video. also re- uh, subscribe to a third one? Maybe we all subscribe to HBO during Game of Thrones. Are we still subscribed to it now? I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I just feel as though more and more of life is requesting these subscriptions from us. And it's just going to at this at some point add up and it's going to be a bit too crazy, particularly in the world of gaming, because Mm -hmm. we've got like music, for example, where I can get everything on Spotify, there's not going to be a service like that for video games, like it's going to be each individual publisher, asking five to $10 a month, that's going to become unsustainable, I think for a lot of people. Mm I think what will then happen is that people will be judicious with their choice of subscription. So they'll subscribe to Microsoft this month for Gears Mm -hmm. and then not next month. So what does that mean for Microsoft? I think they're going to look at their games as the starter packs, and they're gonna have to leverage more deeply into microtransactions because they can't rely on the $60 sale price because they only made $5 off that consumer for Gears 5. Um, So if they want to engage and sort of like make their long tail revenue, then it's going to need to be through more microtransactions. So I feel as though the streaming thing is actually going to be quite disruptive. or sorry, the, the subscription mm-hmm. thing is going to be quite disruptive um, in terms of game design going forward because um, the developers need to make their money if they're not making it on the $60 box price. And, and consumers will not be subscribing to every single you know publisher's thing. They need to make their money somewhere else. And I fear that it will be microtransactions.
2: That's my concern. I think it's a logical tool to pull out of the box. It works, um, and if it works, then they're going to use it. I mean, why would they put a, why would they put a tool back in the box that doesn't work? Um, for the big studios, the ones that really have the leverage, the Microsofts, the Activisions, the EAs of the world that have a whole portfolio under their, their their hub where people are playing multiple of their games that maybe, you know, for somebody who doesn't pay attention to publisher, they may not even realize that, oh my gosh, those those came out under the same umbrella because yeah. they're so diverse, especially when you look at like EA um, where you can pick up two games that are very different and they're still, EA still getting their piece. Yeah. Um, I think that's something like the EA origin system or something could work as a generation that at least here in the U S has worked very hard to cut the cable. So we've, we've cut, we've worked very hard to get ourselves off cable packages, which was yeah. creeping up to that. I mean, it was building to this point where they've got us up for like a hundred dollars a month and yeah. then we cut it and we all got this hundred dollars a month back in our pocket. And it was wonderful. And then we put 15 bucks on Netflix and then 15 bucks on HBO Now. And then 15 bucks to, you know, whatever Activision's thing is or whatever MMO you play or whatever. And it's like, next thing you know, if they start partnering up and they start saying your Xbox Game Pass and your Netflix can be combined for just $22. It's like, am I not just building my own cable package again? Uh, Now, I I don't see that as a reason why they wouldn't do it. I just see it as a very subtle way as like, Wow, we are really looping back around to where we were ten years ago. Like yeah. we're exactly yeah. in the same point. We just accidentally got there all over again. Mm-hmm.
0: Sure. It's gonna be interesting. I've always kind of said over the next twenty years, at gaming, like the the landscape of gaming. I wish I knew what was going to happen. I have a feeling I know what's going to be coming down the pipeline, but it'll be interesting to see if it ultimately plays out. Uh, skill, but like, where can people find you? What do you got coming on? Oh, I, I don't want to pressure you on any kind of date for your fourteen yeah. review. I do want to send you like a case of like. Uh, uh, energy drinks or something because like...
1: <laughs> <laughs> well i always said with final fantasy like i don't want to rush it and i wanted yeah. to spend a few weeks at the end game like i wanted to get at least one savage kill under my belt i've got you know i've killed innocence and titania now on extreme uh i've now done crafting at the very most the most basic level so i understand what that is um i'm just about to unlock like hunt train stuff you know um, that's probably the only thing I haven't really touched is PVP, you know, but either way, I've, I've got another hundred hours now at the end game. I really get it. Like my characters three, five, three, four, five, three, I level, mm-hmm. uh, I'll get my weapon soon, et cetera. So I'm, I'm there. Like I know what it feels like to play the end game of final fantasy right now. And that's the point where I'm feeling comfortable to write and like start putting it together i wanted to get it done before borderlands 3 came out and destiny 2 the shadow but that didn't happen just Mm. wasn't enough time so i'm probably going to look to do this sometime in december i'd say when
0: things calm down like release cycle slows and yeah yeah. you'll also have 5-1 you know, and with that, there's going Five to be... one as well.
1: But is that this year or is that next year? That's this year. Like, most likely oh, right. Most or likely May-
0: October or, or maybe early November, you know, late October, awesome. early November kind of time frame. Yeah. And that, you also get the new... There's going to be a new raid. There's going to, yeah. you know, like... And that's where we start to see the near apocalypse. You know, like, uh, you know, that's going to be really cool. And and so, yeah, like, it's going to be cool for you to actually kind of experience that. Because one of the things Chris said, because having always been, I feel like I've been a bit of part of it, like, Yoshi P and the team, they produce, like, pretty substantial content drops um mm. you know regularly like it's like it's you could set a you know pretty much a clock to it. So it's gonna be interesting yeah i was like i don't envy you i'm appreciative of you i'm appreciative of you for you <laughs> taking the time right because it's like yeah, i saw some people in chat you know kind of bemoaning lazy peon and we invited him on the podcast and if you if he ends up you know having time like i'd love to talk to him i actually like I have no issue with this review because I think as long as you state like, this is what I did and here's my perspective like that, you, you know that immediately as you're not like falsifying, like I've put 10,000 hours in this game and it's like, no, like no, like yeah. that would be fake. But it's like, if you're like, I skipped, I don't know. Like, this isn't my thing. Sure. Like, okay. Well, you, you, you had a bad experience, but anybody knows that about that now.
1: Um, Yeah, no, totally. And I think with Lesbian, I actually tweeted at him. I'm like, dude, I really appreciated your review because it was just honest, you know, like I didn't agree with it, that's Mm -hmm. for sure. But like, it takes a lot of guts to just sort of put your view out there and just sort of say, here's what I think about things. And he did that. It's not easy to do that on the internets. Um, So so he did. But like, as I said, I think it came back to that point I was making Mm -hmm. earlier where I feel like he didn't really engage the community enough. And I feel like that's where he had some big holes in his review where he did engage the community they would really sort of set you straight on that stuff and, and be like, well, actually, no, that's not the case yeah. uh, for X, Y, and Z reason. And I think he would have arrived at a better product. Um, that's the risk you take when you sort of engage these sorts of games with big passionate communities with lots to get into. You know, there's just so much content to wrap your head around. It's, it's so difficult. Um, and I think you need to help have the community help guide you through that process or you're going to fall into some very easy pitfalls.
0: Chris, where can people find us? What are you working on?
2: (laughs) Oh, they can find us right here. I am leveling up some more stuff in 14, starting to come back, starting to kind of ease myself back in for five, one. So I've been logging in every day this week and uh, I'd been kind of taking a break and then still working through classic. Um, It's a lot of, it's, it's just, it's so much, it's such a fun trip down memory lane. Um, seeing what I remember accurately and what I don't, because it really is just vanilla re-released. So like, sometimes you're like, this is how it works. And then you get there, you're like, no, it's not. Uh, and other things, it's exactly where you left it. I mean, it is 100%. You're like, oh, right around this corner, this is what happens. And, and there it is. I find myself automatically completing quests that I like, I already know where to go because I've done this process um so i'm really enjoying that trip down memory lane and uh i don't think it's just a nostalgia thing and i think that because i see people like brian enjoying the game but i do think that for those of us that nostalgia is a factor of course of course it plays a role uh i just don't think that discounts at all like i enjoy nostalgia i enjoy watching old movies so um i'm having a
0: blast (laughs) and for myself i just finished uh leveling machinist and i have to say summoner is dead to me (laughs) which breaks my heart i've i've been a I've been a summoner since uh, 2.0, since I came out and just have loved, I've loved pet classes and, uh, and I just played machinist and, and they got it. They got it so right. And so I'm working on building out my controller guide for playing the machinist. I'm still not done. I got to put it through a lot of tests. I appreciate everybody's patience. Cause they're like, when's this coming? I'm like, they take time. <laughs> I get, like, it's not, it's not just about laying out the, you know, the skills it's about these, here's these skills and they do the same thing on these other jobs So I put them in the same spot, and hopefully they make sense. They got to make sense. Otherwise, you do have to have exceptions to the rule from time to time. But playing on a controller, especially with fourteen, it's so much about muscle memory. Uh, You know, because it's not like one, two, three, four, five. Okay, trying to repeat this new rotation. No, it's you got to have muscle memory. Otherwise, you're going to get eaten alive. But I prefer I prefer the controller um and that's where it's like that's what i do miss like in wild classic i'm like hmm, man i might like, if somebody does do a mod i might i might play it on a controller the um yeah and so i'm working on that next uh, i'm leveling up red mage that's why i put out a poll on the for the community uh, they voted for Red Mage. I'm excited about that. So I was testing out a little bit. At, you know, I had it at 70. So now we do the whole process over and over and over again. We'll have them all finished up by the time 6.0 comes out. And yeah. <laughs> all over again. And do it all over again. Thank God I like I like this game. Yes. <laughs> um, next week, guys, uh, we have as like we said, from Heel uh, versus Babyface coming back on, talking WoW Classic as a focus uh, he said that he wasn't going to get it, and then he did. And that just makes me so happy. And I've seen his tweets, and he's absolutely in love with it. And so it's going to be a lot of fun to kind of nerd out. I'm going to play some uh, classic this week and try to get hired uh, <laughs> so I can have a better perspective. Uh, but last week we said uh, we had spofie on, uh, and then we've got a couple other really awesome guests lined up. Skill up, thank you so much for taking time out of your day. Uh, you know, we're worlds nice, apart, but I really appreciate uh, everything you do and all the content that you produce, so you keep it up. And, uh, yeah, and you thank do.
1: you. You guys, as I said, really make really great stuff and found it super useful during my journey. So, yeah, keep on, keep it
0: on as well. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, for work to game my name is Brian. Express. My name's Skillup. Yes. <laughs> we're jamming. We're doing we're it. Jamming we're jamming. We're rocking it. I like, I like it because it had a had a slight inflection with a little like, <laughs> skill, like <laughs> is this okay? Right. Yeah. 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 You got it. You got it. Uh, thank you so much for watching this podcast. Uh, like we said, you can check it out on all the podcast world and be sure to leave us a rating and we will see you next time.